Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm going to be live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And as far as I know, where all systems go for um, Will to join us to talk about Game of Thrones, um, I think on Thursday, but I have to double check with him. Um, so we'll get all of his thoughts on the finale, and whatnot. And in the meantime, we're going to talk about, um, later on we'll talk about, um, what Jon Snow had to say, Kit Harrington, who had his own little scandal, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. For now, though, let's talk some Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I know that's a really weird segue. I I really didn't know how to introduce her. Um, So, Jada was in the first season of Gotham, which I believe was also as high as rated. I don't think that's a coincidence, actually. For all of her faults, for... Everything you can say about Jada, she she knows how to get attention. She knows how to make people talk. Um, and frankly, she's a good actress. But she's a little out there too. Um, so she. I don't know if you all know this or not. She is doing a new talk show for Facebook called Red Table Talk. And it's her and her mom and usually some kind of guest. Well, on the May 20th episode, um, Jada's daughter Willow stopped by. And somehow they started talking about porn. Because, you know, that's what happens. You you start talking to them. You start talking to your mom about porn. Now, you know, it, it really does happen despite my sarcasm. But it just seems odd to me. But then I guess a lot of things do. Um... <laughs> Anyways, Jada said, back in the day I had a little porn addiction, but I wasn't in a relationship when I had a porn addiction, believe it or not. Thank goodness. I actually feel like I was using addiction a little lightly. And maybe I'll say now that I had an unhealthy relationship to porn at one point in my life where I was trying to practice abstinence. And... You know, I I don't know when this happened. She's been with Will Smith for as long as I can remember. So this had to have this has to take us back to at least the nineties, if not further back, when it wasn't necessarily as readily readily available as it is now. I mean, you Google 
But if you go to whitehouse.com, you get a whole different... You get a whole different website than um, the actual White House website, which I think is whitehouse.gov. Um, but Willow kind of joined in on the conversation. Um, Willow is 18, and she said that when she was 10 or 11, she started watching hardcore porn. Now, you know, the first porn I remember seeing um, actually happened right around the same age. Um, My dad had some magazines in the bathroom that we weren't supposed to know about. But since I was training to be the next Nancy Drew, of course I knew. (laughs) But, you know, here's what... Apparently, Willows was actually on Tumblr. And Jada said... I remember the first time I went on Willow's Tumblr. She was 10 or 11. She was very matter-of-fact. She was like, I'm going to my Tumblr page, but as we're going to the Tumblr page, you're going to see a lot of stuff. This has nothing to do with me. I was like, okay, she's just scrolling, scrolling. And when I tell you I saw some of the most hardcore pornography on Tumblr... And, you know, I mean, first of all, yes... But, I don't know, like, I mean, 10 or 11, you're starting to develop and starting to, your body's starting to change. But, I, I, I would hope that your parents would have a little bit more control over your social media. But leave me a voice message because I want to hear what you think about that. Should parents have more control over their children's social media? Um, Leave me a voice message um, on Anchor and we will put together a segment um, using what you say. And I I will actually respond to you. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, Halle Berry is out promoting her new film, John Wick 3, which opened to, like, $57 million, which, which is a phenomenal um, opening, especially for a movie that it was low-budget and um, wasn't expected to actually bring down Avengers Endgame. The fact that it did is, it, it speaks volume to the popularity of the franchise uh, and to Keanu Reeves. Not to mention, um, they staff it with really great actors and actresses. Um, but while promoting, while promoting the film over on the Late Late Show with James Corden, Halle Berry was asked during a game of spill your guts or fill your guts um, who she wouldn't work with again and 
her her answer was very telling. Um, she's um, she said the first actor um, because she didn't name names. She just said the first actor used to be famous, but not so much anymore. He went to jail. And the second one was super duper famous, but not too tall. So the first one I'm thinking is Danny Trejo. Or Trejo. Um, And, you know, people will ask me why I think that. And, And honestly... I I was trying to find it, like movies that they have in common, but they have over five hundred movies that they worked on combined. Um, Danny Trejo has like three hundred and eighty-two credits to his name, and Halle Berry has another hundred and some odd. Um, but of all the actors that have went to jail, um, that she could. Potentially worked with, unless she was being facetious about him not being so fam- not so much famous anymore. Um, the only other logical choice would have been Robert Downey Jr., who they worked with in Gothica, or who she worked with in Gothica. But I think you'd have a really hard time saying that Robert Downey Jr. is not so famous anymore. Um, you know. I, I, it definitely could be him, um, but I'm gonna lean more towards um, Danny Trejo. Like I said, unless she's just being facetious or trying to throw people off the scent. The second one, I am convinced is Tom Cruise because that's uh, the not too tall. People always seem to dig at him for for being short. Um, oh, and again, I'm trying to find a movie where they work together. Um, Google keeps trying to tell me Cloud Atlas, but that's Tom Hanks. Um, and... Uh, Tom Hanks is known around Hollywood as being one of the nicest guys around. Despite this new movement, um, it's like a subset of Me Too that is trying to uh, trying to create this illusion that he bought and molested a child. Um, but the the woman has offered up no proof that this is actually a thing that happened and not just something she put on social media. Um, but with with Hallie, like I I put a lot of weight behind what she says, not because um, not because she you know she's oh this or that or whatever. But more because um, 
she doesn't need to... There are so many other things that she talked about. So when she says something like that, like, you, you stand up and pay attention. Because the easiest, the easier thing for her to do would be to um, avoid that topic altogether. Or pretend like everything's hunky-dory. And we know, in a long career, not everything would be hunky-dory. But I'm going to go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. And all week we're going to be talking at some point in each episode about Game of Thrones. Leading up to um, Will giving his views on on the finale. But, um, first, well, not first, but let's talk about Kate Harrington. Now, as y'all may remember, last year, Kit faced a cheating scandal. Um, a model said that she had naked pictures of Jon Snow. Because he was in her bed after they had made love. And the allegations was that it was an extortion scam. That the pictures weren't actually of Kit Harrington in bed with, with the woman. But rather he was in his hotel room. And she was able to... Um, sneak in and get those pictures. So, there's a little bit of a logic flaw in both arguments, but nonetheless, they went and um, the scandal kind of died down. And Kit resumed filming Game of Thrones. And during an on-set interview with Entertainment Weekly, he correctly predicted that there would be a backlash to the final season. He, he told them, I think it's going to divide. Um, mostly speaking of Daenerys and Cersei. And then he followed up with, But if you track her story all the way back, she does some terrible things. She crucifies people. She she burns people alive. This has been building. So we have to say to the audience, you're in denial about this woman as well. You knew something was wrong. You're culpable. You cheered her on. And it's always funny to me when when actors blame the fans. Especially on a show like Game of Thrones, which follows the notes of um, the original content. Um, George R.R. R. Martin may not have finished the book series, but he has certainly given the notes and big landing points that they need to follow. So no, it's not the fans' fault. It's George R. R. Martin. There are some shows, um, The Big Bang Theory, um, Grey's Anatomy, 
where fans do have a say. Or, you know, fans can let their um, pleasure or displeasure be known. This is not one of those cases, though. Um, And he was worried that the show was going to be accused of sexism. He said, one of my worries with this is we have Cersei and Danny, two leading women who fall. The justification is just because they're women, why should they be the goodies? They're the most interesting characters in the show, and that's what Thorns has always done. You can't just say the strong women are going to end up the good people. Danny is not a good person. It's going to open to discussion, but there's nothing done in this show that isn't truthful to the characters. And when have you ever seen a woman play a dictator? Um, there was a think piece done um, just before the finale that said that Game of Thrones legacy was always going to end up being about the women. And I think they're actually right. Furthermore, I actually think he makes a good point that um, strong women don't always have to be the quote-unquote good guys. I also think that when it comes when it comes right down to it, you can a strong woman can be a villain. A gay a gay person, um, lesbian or gay man, they can be the villain. But you want to be careful because right now our society has a war on women. Um, gays are being stigmatized. And thought of as evil again. So you don't want to fall into that trap. Um, and just one more final thought from Kit Harrington. He told Esquire. I think no matter what anyone thinks about this season. And I don't mean to, to sound mean about critics here. But whatever critics, critics spends half an hour writing about the season makes their judgment on it. In my head, they can go fuck themselves because I know how much work was put into this. And, again, here's the thing. When you are a creative musician, writer, actor, producer, director, whatever, you're going to put out things that are simply brilliant. You're also going to put out things that are not. And it's it's okay, and it's actually the critic's job to call you out. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. Um, and funny thing is, I, as I was um, finishing up recording the Kit Harrington segment, where he told the critics to go fuck themselves, I actually, um, Decided to scrap the segment that I had planned and to talk about something new. Don't tell Will, I will get yelled at. <laughs> uh, but I, there's something that's been bothering me lately. Um, and it, a lot of it centers around um, people not wanting to be criticized. Okay, so we have Trump 
who will call the New York Times, CNN, whatever outlet has published an unflattering story about him, fake news. No matter what the case is, you know, they could come with heaps of evidence, but he will call it fake news. Not because it's actually fake news, but because he doesn't want to hear it, because that's not what his insiders are telling him. His yes-men are telling him, oh, no, you didn't just commit treason by agreeing with Putin over our intelligence agencies and saying it in front of the entire goddamn world. Oh, no, you... That that representative shouldn't have said that you should be impeached for your, for crimes. You're the president. You can't be tried. Things like that. And it seems to have seeped into our culture now where if someone says something you don't like, you you automatically call it fake news or you automatically call it um you you say it's bullshit or you get angry about it. Or you say that the critic can go fuck themselves. Um You know, the Big Bang Theory cast has been strangely mum on their controversial finale, especially the twist of Penny being pregnant. But, and you knew there was a but coming, I don't think that that's so strange, to be honest. Um... Once something is done, it's done. And, you know, they they put work into their finale just like the cast of Game of Thrones did. Um, Maisie Williams, the, uh, the fans started a petition to get a, a season eight do-over. And Maisie Williams called it disrespectful. Which maybe is the most kind thing um, that she could have said, or she could have just sympathized with the fans and said, okay, we know you're not happy. Now, I'm not saying that, um, Kit, Maisie, um, or anyone is wrong for how they feel. What I am saying, though, is when you put yourself out there, whether via TV show or writing a novel or whatever, it's okay to be criticized. It's okay for not every single thing to be your best. Because if everything is your best, then it's just normal. I wrote an article for um, for a website recently, and before I wrote this article, uh, Will and I had talked about how they try to dumb it, they try to dumb things down, and they want you to write to the lowest common denominator, which is not my usual style. Um, my usual style is very snarky, very, um, almost like a black comedy type thing, especially when I'm doing true crime. And... Um, so I wrote an article about a Florida man 
who posted pictures on Facebook of his dead wife. And, you know, the story was a big hit on the website. So they know their audience. I'm not arguing with him about that at all. Um, but Will read it, and he, he said that he saw what I meant about dumbing it down. Now, I could have been really insulted. I could have um, gotten really hurt over what he said. But he wasn't insulting my writing. He was saying he understood my complaint a little bit better now. And, you know, maybe I'm not a good fit for this place. Um, Even though I've catapulted into the top um, most read authors... Um, that doesn't mean necessarily that I'm a good fit. All that means is people are reading the topic I'm writing about. I could take that same subject, go over and write um, on something like Vocal, have it be a completely different article, and, and get praise, because that's more my style or that's more what people are used to from me. You know, it's it's not always about being praised though. Sometimes no matter what happens, people are going to be divided. Um with that article to be honest, I can't see it ending up anywhere but on the website I wrote for. Because that's where it belonged. Um, with the final season of the Game of Thrones, I know people are unhappy with it. But they were working with source material. Um, George R. R. Martin gave them notes. So it's not their fault. And it's not the actor's fault. I, the one thing I've not heard is anyone say that the actors are at fault here. Um, the performances I've heard were actually brilliant as, as usual or as expected. But sometimes the whole does weigh down an entire production. But telling people to go fuck themselves or calling them disrespectful because you are proud of the work, that just doesn't work. And I'm gonna go and I will be right back. And I'm back. And I just wanna give a trigger warning. We're gonna be talking about domestic violence. Um, so, please, if this is not something that you want to hear or handle, please stop listening. Um, I love you guys and I love the support, but I also want to make sure everyone is emotionally okay. With that being said, y'all know I'm a survivor. Um, and there's a chance that this is going to get very emotional for me. But we're going to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, Amber Heard, since their breakup in 2016, 
has alleged that Johnny Depp abused her. And Johnny Depp, for his part, has done everything he can to deny these to deny these allegations and um, put them aside. And his career has started tanking. Um, he was fired from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Um, it's looking more and more likely that he's going to be fired from the Fantastic Beast franchise. Um, rumor with that one is that his name right now is so toxic that um, Warner Brothers finally started paying attention. And after their own little scandal with their CEO promising an actress roles for sleeping with him, they really want to be on the right side of history. Um, It is very much rumored at this point that um, Johnny Depp actually tried to get Amber Heard fired from Aquaman. Um... And he threatened to leave Fantastic Beasts if Warner Brothers didn't fire her. They didn't. And they really enforced this contract. But, um, and so Johnny Depp started suing people in tabloids who reported uh, um, Amber's allegations. And Amber wrote a. Um, a Washington Post op-ed about her situation with Johnny, which prompted him to file a $50 million lawsuit. Well, since he's blowing through his money, Johnny Depp has sued his former managers, his former agent, his former accountant. Um, I mean, anyone he can think of to sue and blame, he's doing. Um, and they're all saying, hey, you drink your money away. This is not our fault. You did this, you did that. Yada, yada, yada. So, in a new court filing, um, Johnny Depp has tried to paint Amber Heard as, as a villain, saying she painted on her bruises and that he's actually the victim. Now, this bothers me. And I'm going to share why. My abuser did almost exactly the same thing. He tried to... He tried to say... He tried to convince me that I was the one hitting him. He tried to convince the cops that I was the one who... Um, it hit him and I hit him so hard I knocked him out. But there were no bruises on his body. Um, and I was covered in them. And, you know, so the, this tactic of the abuser trying to play the victim is not unheard of. And it's actually almost a cliche at this point.
Um, in the, in the court papers, Johnny Depp says that um, Amber's abuse claims are categorically and demonstrably false, and that and then he claimed that. Um, here's what he says: I have denied Miss Heard's allegations vehemently since she first made them in May 2016. When she walked into a court to obtain a temporary restraining order with painted on bruises that witnesses and surveillance footage show she did not possess each day of the preceding week. I will continue to deny them for the rest of my life. I never abused Miss Heard or any other woman. How quickly he forgot Winona Ryder. Um, th- that was actually the reason why they broke up is because he hit her and um, pulled a gun on her. Um, you know, he, he goes on to say just that he was the victim, um, when she was on amphetamines and drinking, and that basically she painted this whole story to destroy his career. But she didn't need to paint this whole story to destroy his career. He was already on his way to doing that. After he left Vanessa Pardis, he seemed to make choices that didn't really sit well. Um, none of his... The last Pirates of the Caribbean movie was the lowest grossing in the franchise. It still made money. But it was a disappointment because uh, they expected it to make a lot more money. Um, um, I, the Alice in Wonderland movie, I think, came before um, Down the Rabbit Hole or whatever they called it. Um, that, that flopped. Um, the first Fantastic Beast did really well. Um, but Johnny Depp's not really in it all that much. The second Fantastic Beast movie, though, where he's much more prominent, was critically maligned and... Honestly, it did not make what it should have made. Again, it made money. That's the whole reason why Warner Brothers is making the third one. But this is a Harry Potter... This is part of the Harry Potter universe. And it's the lowest grossing movie in that. And I think that's very telling. I Johnny Depp needs to take a break. Go away for a little bit. And come back... Refreshed. Do some indie movies for a little while and regain credibility. That's the way to do it, I think. Um, And apologize to Amber Heard. You know, uh, rescind your statements calling her a liar. 
because you're not hurting anyone but your victim. My abuser has never apologized to me. Um, but that's okay. You know, I I have learned that I don't need that apology from him. I have people around me who love me and, you know, yes, they give me hell. They, they give me hell a lot. <laughs> but they wouldn't do that if, if they saw that I was really upset about something. So I'm going to call that for a day. Thank you all so much for listening as always. I love you guys so much. And until next time, cheers.